should we skip the fireworks this year and just celebrate the thing that's exploding around us? It's called diversity and inclusion. Thoughts on July 4th on this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal podcast. Oh boy, wiping the perspiration from my furrowed brow on this sunny, hazy, humid day already here in Northeast Ohio. Matthew here with no complaints. Absolutely no complaints because I always remind my wife when we're walking Izzy around the block, you know what? Let's think back on that walk we did in the third week of January when it was 18 degrees and you were huddled up against the wind and you turned right around and went back home. Let's think about that day. We certainly don't want to return to that. Even amidst a, it's hot today. I'll take it any day of the week. Welcome back to this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast here in the basement layer underneath the room where my wife is kind of laying down. She hasn't felt all that well. I don't think it's anything COVID related. I think it has to do with blood pressure and we're trying to dial in some new medication for her. And sometimes, as you know, when you have a headache and you're just not feeling well and you just want to curl up in a ball, you know, you immediately think, oh my gosh, COVID-19. I mean, now you do, but in normal circumstances, you think, you know what? I'm just not into it today. And that's kind of how she feels. So I'll try to temper my enthusiasm on this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. I record this on the day before July 4th, and that, in fact, would be July 3rd. And I took some time off today from the normal happenings here in the studio lair just to kind of chill and regroup and try to figure out what I'm going to do with this second car that we have that all of a sudden now is deciding that it's going to nickel and dime me and it can't pass e-check and it smells kind of like gas is coming from somewhere and now it looks like I'm going to have to have the tank removed and the gas lines repaired and we're talking like thousand dollars that kind of thing I always say to her you know it's one step forward two steps back sometimes and that's kind of where we're at right now so I'm 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 consoling myself by the fact that the weather is nice, in my opinion, and in whatever way, shape, or form it matriculates itself, baseball is back. I have to admit, though, being a baseball fan, that while I've missed it, I haven't woken up in the morning saying to myself, when is baseball coming back? I thought that I would be doing that. But I really haven't been doing that. In fact, I've been getting in some extra reading in the evenings where we normally would be waiting for first pitch, practicing my guitar a little bit. That makes me feel pretty good. So while I've pined for the greatest game ever invented, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I'm also tempering my enthusiasm because... You just never know what's going to happen in a 60-game season, especially when COVID-19 lurks. Uh, 
potentially even more devastating this second time around than the first time around. Who knows if several of the stars all of a sudden get sick. Will Major League Baseball decide just to axe the rest of the proposed, planned, temporary season? It's hard to say. So we'll just go with the flow and see what happens. I believe I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but down the street from us is a Mexican restaurant. And the restaurant's name is La Loma. And it's very interesting because uh, there seems to be in our neighborhood uh, a rather large contingent of Hispanics who live in the area, who work in the area. Uh, It looks like a number of them frequent the restaurant with t-shirts on and garb that says maybe they work for landscaping companies or what have you. And it's really a blessing because my wife and I have always been big fans of Mexican food. And we've always been fans of very flavorful Mexican foods, something other than the sort of typical Tex-Mex that gets served uh, in our city. And a lot of times, especially during this virus where we're not going out, we've been trying to support some of the local restaurants with the meager amount of discretionary income that we have by ordering some carryout. And it just seems to work out well because in a matter of, say, less than 10 minutes, I can walk down to La Loma after ordering something and then I can bring it home. And one of the things that Donna really enjoys, I know this sounds so strangely simplistic, but she likes chicken burritos and and that's it. She likes chicken burritos. And normally we would get chicken burritos and they would be sort of swimming in cheese and and that's fine because I like cheese like the regular person. But that's not the way they prepare them. They, they prepare them with sort of rice inside the burrito. And then they sort of created this sauce that they put inside. And it's not really cheese per se. Um, all I know is that the sauce is absolutely addictive. And my wife is a big fan. So the burritos are large and a lot of times we'll split it. But I find myself halving it up, giving her half to her and then saving the other half for her the next day because she enjoys them so much. And that's been my MO lately. But at any rate, I walk down to this Mexican restaurant and I am in admiration of the people who frequent the restaurant and the people who work at the restaurant. And I think maybe the word awe should probably be used in place of admiration. I've always been a fan of the Spanish language and I've taken Spanish in high school and in college and I'm miserably inept at the Spanish language. And I think that when I when I ponder life's great regrets, amongst the things of, man, I wish I would have published a book, or I wish I would have seen the, the Cleveland Indians win a World Series, 
one of my regrets will be that I did not speak a foreign language. Because it's always been a dream of mine to walk into a place like La Loma and be able to just speak to the people behind the counter in their native language and to chit chat with people who are waiting around for their order in their native language. So what I've done over the past probably couple of years is I've tried to use some Spanish at La Loma when I go to pick up the chicken burrito. And this is both a challenge and both a risk because once I've planned out my introductory greeting and the person behind the counter responds to me in Spanish, then I'm stuck because then I don't know what else to say after that because the chances are good is if I say, ¿Qué tal es? And they say their response like, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? What'd you do today? No, 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 no. Past I'm fine, then I'm stuck. So then what do I do? I resort to English. So I kind of look like a fool. But I've tried my best to, to attempt to speak Spanish because I'm such a fan of the cadence of the language, the sound of the language, the romantic aspect of the language, and really the, the dexterity and the usability of this language. So there's a guy who works behind the counter <laughs> who calls me buddy. And so he knows that I sometimes will try to speak in Spanish to him. And he knows enough just to respond. And then he knows once I've gotten my wheels stuck in the mud, he automatically switches over to English, thankfully. But I, it seems like he's appreciative of the fact that as a Caucasian person trying to speak Spanish, He's giving me the benefit of the doubt and is appreciative of that. I thought about this yesterday when I went down to pick up the burrito. That shouldn't we be appreciative of each other's attempts at speaking our native language, our native languages, or speaking, better put, the native languages of somebody else in which that language is not your native language. So lately, La Loma has started this new thing where they give you a number. So for instance, if I call and order the chicken burrito, they will say, your number is such and such. And so when you arrive, they'll just say, what number did you have? So last night, my number was 43. So the whole walk down there with my mask in pocket, I thought, when they say to me, what is your number? I am going to say, 43. Just really bold, with authority, with tons of confidence. And 
to show them that I want to immerse myself in this culture than in this little lobby in front of a carry-out order place. There's just a mishmash of all kinds of different sounds and smells and things being spoken and prepared and you just feel like you're in another world and it's just so exciting and it was crowded when I arrived and I maintained my social distance and they were busy and really they were in no mood for a Caucasian to try to speak Spanish so one of the ladies who sometimes helps out with taking care of carryout orders, pointed at me and she said, what is your number? And I said, 43. And she obviously didn't hear me because she kind of looked at me puzzled and said, what you huh? I didn't hear you, what did you say? And I said, um, f 43. And I'd ruined my opportunity. Walking back with that delicious burrito in its little bag after yet another failed attempt at mastering one of the most beautiful languages in the world, I thought about the diversity in our country and I thought about the 4th of July and the celebration and I thought about how great the whole theory of the melting pot is. It wasn't too terribly long after I started school and grade school, maybe the third or fourth grade, when we would take a geography class and we would learn about different cultures and who came from where and who spoke what. And I remember being particularly fascinated by it. Like, I wanted to learn about these other cultures. I wanted to learn why my skin was light colored and their skin was dark colored. What accounted for these different shades and textures? Why did my hair look different from theirs? Why did they speak the language they spoke? And more importantly, why did all of these people from all of these diverse places want to come here? Like, why the United States of America? And of course, these concepts early on were things that I didn't quite understand, but the issues surrounding religious freedom and the ability to escape persecution and to escape death and the economic opportunities all of these things would come to fruition in my brain that I would be able certainly to understand these different concepts and issues but this theory that our country is this young embryo acting as a repository for all of these people was just such an exciting concept. And while later on, of course, I would learn that certainly other countries could be considered a melting pot of different ethnicities, I felt it particularly striking that I lived in one of these countries that would accept these people 
and would help them escape being killed, being persecuted, being maimed, that it would offer them a chance to open a shop, that it would offer them a chance to worship in a building of their choosing, in a religion of their choosing, and that would give them the opportunity to speak amongst themselves in their native tongue, while at the same time, hopefully, trying to improve their standing in their new country by learning that nation's native tongue. To me, this was the essence of America. This is what the this is why we hung out the bunting on our railings and this is why we flew the flag is because we earned our independence from our quote unquote captors and that we became this land that would open its shores to people who were being oppressed and didn't feel like they had the opportunity necessary for them to achieve everything they could be. And as long as they went through the process to become a citizen, and at least attempted to speak English, that this is what America was all about. It's not my attempt to make this episode a political episode, but this hardening of the melting pot that is so particularly evident to me especially as it relates to social media sites, has developed inside me a worrisome sense of angst, like the butterflies dance inside me. When I read about the tendencies of those who see this melting pot as particularly white and particularly male, Because this isn't what the United States of America represents to me. When we moved to Washington, D.C., the D.C. area, especially the second time that we lived in the D.C. area, and we actually ended up living in Annapolis, because the first time we were there, We had lived in Virginia, and we always said to ourselves after visiting Annapolis several times, you know, if we ever come back here, we're going to live in Annapolis. And, of course, I took a job in Washington, D.C., and so that's where we decided to live. Now, of course, we couldn't buy a home in Annapolis. That would have been completely out of our budget. But we had this apartment complex that we rented an apartment in, a two-bedroom apartment. And in our building were probably... 25 different apartments and we were always amazed when we would sit around talking or standing outside talking to other people who lived in that apartment complex and eventually inviting a few of the people from the neighboring apartments over to our apartments and vice versa how many different kinds of people lived in this apartment and where they were from 
I remember one particular couple who we became close with lived in Buffalo. Another couple came from Iowa. And next to them, there was a couple from Pakistan. And next to them was a couple from Scandinavia. And Puerto Rico. And Bangladesh. I mean, it was like a mini United Nations in this building. I mean, that area was an area where you could find any type of cuisine you wanted. You could find any kind of group to learn anybody's language because there were just so many different people from so many different places. And we loved it. When we left D.C. to go to Pittsburgh, they had a party for Donna in the hospital she worked at. And later on, we were looking at pictures that they had taken and given to her. And out of the 30 or so people that worked in her department, it was only her and another woman who were the only, essentially the only white people in their department. Fiji, Trinidad, Nicaragua, Poland. I mean, it was just this geography class of different people. And I remember us riding in the car and we were heading to Pittsburgh and Donna saying that she was just so happy and so grateful that she was able to work with all these people that didn't want her to leave, all these people from all of these places. She would come home and talk about so-and-so from Fiji and what she brought for lunch and what they ate there and and she just had a, a just a number of stories. She said, I hope I run into those same people here from all these different walks of life. I don't like the tack that we've taken. I don't like the journey that we're on. I don't find a whole lot of attractive features to someone's argument that doesn't include diversity, that doesn't stand for inclusiveness. Because to me, that's what America is. And while I think baseball players like... Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians should have gotten better with his English. And while I think he should spend a little more time with it, I would think that he would want to learn English not because somebody is going to castigate him because he doesn't want to learn the language and if you're going to be here, learn English but in order simply to integrate with others around him, I would think that he would want to be proficient. I mean, if I got a job offer and accepted a job in Ecuador, well, I would think that it would only be natural for me to want to learn as much Spanish as possible. 
so that I wouldn't feel out of place if for no other reason. It just so happens that I am a huge fan of the language, but if I just wanted to go about my day-to-day -day activities, I would think that I would want to learn as much about their native tongue as possible. But when I hang out the flag later today in celebration of our independence, I... I really think about what America means to me and what it means to be a part of these United States of America. And to me, I am just one part of this buffet of people. I'm just one part of this tapestry that makes up this enormously supposedly diverse country and I truly believe that that's what fosters our greatness is tapping into this diversity I'm not mad about it I'm not upset I'm not writing letters to the editor or posting long oratories on Facebook about the demeaning of our great land and defacing the memories of our relatives and ancestors who fought in wars, I'm celebrating that. I would think that my Uncle Bugs fought for that. I'm grateful for our diversity. I want it to be even more diverse. I'm not in favor of laws being broken. I'm also not in favor of walls being put up. I don't want to keep our diversity out. I want to bring it in. I'm grateful for the opportunity that we have in this country. I'm grateful that people who have come from other countries where they don't have those same opportunities, have the opportunity to do it here. And that I have the same opportunity as they have. If I choose to take advantage of it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to vote. Because many of these people from these other countries may not have had the freedom to vote. And while I support voting by mail, I prefer to walk down and vote. That's what I prefer to do. Because to me, the essence of America is being able to march into a polling place and cast a ballot. I like the idea of standing in some gymnasium surrounded by these voting booths, knowing that my Uncle Bugs and all the people who were military heroes fought for my right to do that. And I'm thanking them by walking into this gymnasium and doing it. It's not to say that it can't be done by mailing in a ballot, but my preference is to physically be in the place and vote. Because so many people who are either Americans or want to be Americans 
may have come from a land where they're not able to do that. They don't have the opportunity to do that. And I'm grateful for that. And knowing the posts on social media sites, even from family members, relatives, people who I consider good friends, people who I consider sometimes not so great friends, but good acquaintances. And I know from reading these posts that I may be automatically considered a, a liberal or certainly a left of center moderate. And I'm okay with that. If it means, if it means to look at America as a place of inclusiveness. And for those people who say that these liberal views of inclusiveness make me less of an American, I'll argue with them that it makes me, in my opinion, the opposite of that. That these views of allowing people to express themselves, these views of allowing people from other nations and lands to join this melting pot actually makes me more patriotic. And so I would say to them, no, I disagree with you. I'm more patriotic than you because this was the point. Was it not? It's easy to feel anxiety right now. I struggle with it seemingly on a daily basis. The inner turmoil that I feel as the middle ground, the gray areas become less and less and less. But I'm going to hold on to my admiration of the melting pot not the hardening of the melting pot. And I'll try again. Next time I order a burrito, I'll try. I'll try to speak. I'll try to say something of note. And maybe amongst these things that I'm doing while not watching baseball, like playing the guitar, or reading a good book, I can also spend more time with my Duolingo app and practice my Spanish so that I can do a little more than how are you and be inclusive a little bit more in their world as I celebrate their inclusiveness in our world. So truly, I'm grateful for this diversity. I laud it. I don't fight against it. And so from that standpoint, yes, God bless America. Here's hoping that you are not a part of the rising COVID-19 numbers. And really, I'll just say it. Here's hoping you're wearing a mask. You know, I mean, unless you have some medical condition from a pulmonary perspective that 
disallows you from having a covering on your face. I posted it on one of my Facebook treatises on face masks and I had a variety of different responses. I was just really trying to understand the mentality of those who simply don't want to wear a mask. And I'm unconvinced. I'm just unconvinced. That's my conclusion. So if a piece of cloth tempers the respiratory droplets during a 15-minute visit to a supermarket, I say wear the stupid mask. Let's, let's try to defeat this so we can go back to having some sense of normalcy, if that's possible. So I hope you're not a casualty. If you are a casualty, you're probably not listening to this. But I, I hope that you're not ill. I hope that you're safe. And we're going to continue to monitor ourselves here as we venture out a little more than where we've normally ventured out. And hopefully, this ship will get righted sooner rather than later. And of course, thank you for subscribing and downloading the latest edition of this, the Gratitude Journal Podcast.